I'm your host, George, and I got a very special guest back in the studio. We've got Aaliyah. Aaliyah, how's it going? It's going. It's Thursday. It's... No. No. Not not feeling Thursday today. It's been a long week. Normally, I think of Thursday as pre-Friday. Today, I think about it as post-Monday. Yeah, it's like fourth Monday. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Not good. God, it sucks. But hey, now we're recording a podcast. That's fun. Yeah, I read some comics. Look at you, you nerd. Those glasses aren't just for decoration, are they? No, I'm actually like, I, I can't see. I just meant you're a nerd. Yeah. A little comic book nerd. <sighs> well, we are here today to talk about New Avengers. Before we get into New Avengers, um, if you're listening to the show, thank you so much. That's insanely, insanely cool of you. It would be awesome if you could share the show. So if you found us on Twitter, uh, at PurpleBird616 or at Aaliyah413, uh, please share the show. Uh, we like to think we make a fun, fun podcast for you, so please spread it so we can get more people listening. More people listening means more guests. Please go and rate us on your podcast service of choice. Haven't seen any reviews on Spotify, and man, it would be dope to uh, to change that. And only one review on, on iTunes, but it's a five-star review, so that's pretty cool. To be fair, I listen to podcasts on Overcast, and I looked for like 15 minutes on how to rate or review and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah, I think... I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible on Overcast, which sucks, because like, I use Overcast, too. So I get it. It's complicated. So I downloaded I the iTunes podcast thing again, and I will leave a review. Which sucks, because I think it's garbage. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. <sighs> well, like I said, we are here to talk about New Avengers. Today we are covering issues 11 through 15. We've also got some dogs in the background. Normally when I record, Aaliyah's awesome and, and watches the dogs. But tonight, since she's on the show, dogs are fending for themselves. They've got about $19 worth of bully sticks between the three of them. That should keep them at bay for the next 20 to 26 minutes. If that. If we're lucky. So you might hear some barks. You might hear some awkward cuts and pauses. But hey, that's that's showbiz, baby. It's real life. It's a real life showbiz, baby. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into New Avengers. Uh, the first issue we're going to talk about is New Avengers number 11. That came out September 28th, 2005. It is a story called Ronin. It is the first of three parts. It is written by Brian Michael Bendis, drawn by David Finch, inked by Danny Mickey, colored by Frank Darmada, and lettered by Richard Starkings and Andy Duke, or sorry, Andrew Duquesne. I want to give some context. Now, normally, I like to give, like, songs or movies or just some kind of reference, like sports, whatever. Pop culture-wise, where we are. Yes. Today, going with, like, news. Okay. Okay. All right. So, this book came out a month after Hurricane Katrina made landfall in New Orleans. Oh, wow. Okay. So, 2005. Yes. This is the same month that Seventh Heaven began its 10th season. Oh, God. That makes me feel so old. Yeah, because that show was old then, right? Rid yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, this is when California first passes the same-sex marriage bill, first in the country to do so. Woo, we love the gays. Love the gays. This is when Apple unveiled the iPod Nano. I had one of those. I had an iPod Mini. I thought the Nano was stupid. I'm like, so weird. I had the Nano. I think I had, like, the little shuffle, too, like, the little uh, square one. Oh, the shuffle was cool. It held, like, 15 songs. <laughs> 15 bangers, I'm sure. <laughs> Okay. Uh, this is also the month that Nintendo revealed the controller for the Wii console. Very controversial, because uh, 
people didn't understand motion controls. That was mostly for the nerds. I know you're not the biggest gamer person. Yeah, I definitely uh, never had a Wii or any Nintendo system. Uh, well, now you have several because we live together. Yeah, I, I have them yes, personally. Right. Yes. <clears throat> That's how it works. And uh, I know you're a sports fan. Um, Santana Moss caught two miracle touchdowns for the Washington football team, giving them their first win on the road against Dallas in 10 years. Why would you tell me that? Well, I'm just saying, like, you shut them out for 10 years. Uh, is a big Cowboys fan. Why would you? Why Why are you starting out on such a negative note? I like how you said that for the Cowboys thing, but not for Hurricane Katrina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the asshole. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough context. Time to jump into New Avengers number 11. This story opens with a ninja-looking character completely in black garb, beating the fuck out of suited men holding katanas in Osaka, Japan. Now I ask again, who will tell me what I need to know, they ask. Flashback to yesterday, where Captain America in his civvies meets with Matt Murdock, also known as Daredevil, in Central Park. Matt assumes he's about to be hit up to join the Avengers again when Cap interrupts him, saying... Kenuicho Harada. Matt immediately knows he's talking about the Silver Samurai, one of the 42 escaped criminals who broke out of the raft way back in issue one. We talk uh, at length about that story in episode six of Shortbox Summary, so check that out if you want some more context. Apparently, Harada was brought to the raft that day and escaped that night on a private plane by either Hydra or the Hand. Cap went to Murdoch because he has extensive knowledge of the Hand. They've been trying to kill him for years. And uh, just Japanese crime organizations in general. Matt is very familiar with that stuff. He tells us the plan is probably to get him back as leader for the hand to completely control the Japanese underworld. Cap, being Cap, wants to stop it before that happens and needs Daredevil to help. But Matt is going through some shit right now, Aaliyah. I don't know if you know this. I was very confused as to, like, what was what was going on with Matty Boy. All right, so this happens a lot in comics where the writer of New Avengers is the same writer as Daredevil. So, like... Being super familiar with the character, knowing the editors for both, able to communicate between those two and get some appearances in other books. Isn't that cheating? It's not. No, it's not fucking cheating. It feels <laughs> like it's cheating. It, what is it cheating? I don't know. <laughs> just it, it just feels like collusion. Okay. <laughs> Drain the swamp. Can you collude with yourself? He's the, <laughs> it's the same writer. <laughs> yeah, but it feels like he's like... I don't know, I'm trying to get double exposure. Hogging? Yeah. Okay. Just like, well, these are my two things, so I'm gonna combine them. Yeah, the cross promo, yeah. Uh, Brian Michael Bennis is writing the Daredevil series with art by the incredible Alex Maleev. Uh, his identity in the, his own solo book has been outed to the press, and he's the subject of several government task force investigations, let alone all the criminals hoping to get some of that sweet, sweet payback. Also, for someone who's, like, being hunted by all these government agencies, it feels like they're just, like, meeting out in the open, like... They are, and it feels weird because it's like, dude, you're obviously Captain America, right? Like, if people didn't think I was a hero before, they probably do now since I'm talking to Captain fucking America. Yeah, that's, like, a really good way to, I don't know, draw attention to yourself. He's double outed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he's just like, dude, Daredevil cannot go to Japan right now. He just can't. Uh, Cap then tells Murdoch the story of when he didn't feel right dressing to represent the United States. He walked away from the Captain America identity and adopted the name Nomad. Uh, someone who represented no country, right? Just himself. This happened all the way back in 1974, a few months after Nixon resigned uh, because of the Watergate scandal. 
uh, in a story where a president strongly hinted to be Nixon is revealed to be the leader of a clandestine terrorist organization known as the Secret Empire, and Murdoch finds that compelling. I think this moment is super weird. I understand that, like, Marvel sort of, like, operates in cycles, right? Where, like, this has only been, I guess, like, a couple years since Cap has been thawed, technically, like, in continuity. Okay. But, like, t- for us, it was, like, 50 years ago. You know, it's like, that's, it, com- yeah, that's been a minute. complicated sort of time dilation one. But also, it's just weird to me because that seemed like such a big deal in, in Marvel. And so for Daredevil to be like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, that part just feels a little weird. And so I didn't notice that at the time because I was like, wait, what? What's a nomad? And I look at the stories. I'm like, this is old. I don't care. <laughs> you know, because it was from 40 years before before this book was published. Um, but Murdoch thinks that's a really interesting idea. Flash forward to today, and the Black Robe Ninja is bouncing through Osaka and jumps from a train to the foundations of a feudal fort in the middle of the city and begins scaling the walls. Sneaking through the compound undetected, they discover a squad of hand ninjas giving Harada his silver samurai armor and weapons. Flashback to the park yesterday, and Murdoch says there's no way he can go to Japan, but he knows someone with the exact same skill set and the exact same knowledge that he has, and most importantly, it's someone he trusts, someone Cap doesn't know. Do you have any idea who this is at this point? No, I was thinking, who's his law partner? Foggy. Foggy. I wanted to call him Froggy, but I didn't. Froggy think... Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't think that was right. That's pretty cute, though. Um, so I was like, maybe it's him. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't. Not a not a big fighter that. Foggy. Yeah, it didn't seem like a, a good fit. Yeah. And then really, my only other exposure was the Daredevil movie, so I was like, Electra. That's a good, that's an awesome guess. That is a uh, super awesome guess, yeah. Not having read any Daredevil books. Ever. Those were yeah. my two guesses. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny where it's just like, it It almost reminded me of like being a kid when you were talking to like your crush and they're like, well, how about you? Do you like anyone? It's like, yeah, I like someone. And they're like, oh really? Who is it? It's like, oh, you wouldn't know them. <laughs> they're tall. They got dark hair. You know, just like all this stuff. Like you're clearly like describing them, but like you're trying to be coy about it. And he's just like, I know this person who knows exactly what I know, who can do exactly what I can do. And uh, you can trust them. And it's like, is it you? Or is it? It's fucking you, right? (laughs) Are you going to put on like a different color suit? I mean, it kind of seems like that's what's happening in the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flashback again to yesterday, uh, and Cap is talking to Matt Murdock's contact, someone with incredibly long jet black hair. He's disappointed in their record, their shared history of violence, and working for people like Fisk, but Cap is desperate. Our ninja friend, meanwhile in the present, uh, continues spying from the shadows and sees Madame Hydra enter the garden where Harada is. She walks up and kisses him on the lips. That's when our buddy, our guy, our ninja, is discovered. So with that dark hair... Did that sell you on Electra? Did that make you think it was Electra? No, but I was also very confused because Miss Hydra had like very similar hair, and I was like, "What? What's, it, what's going on? Is this the same person? Is this different? <laughs> like, what is happening here?" Uh, comics are stupid. They're dumb. I don't think that's necessarily true. No, I think it is true. I think that's what makes them fucking awesome. I think that's what makes them great. So like. It, that is totally, like, a plausible thing, too, you know, because <laughs> stories are literally, quite literally, what you make them. Um, 
flashback, or flash forward, I guess, to the present, our ninja manages to escape the fortress, and dozens, scores, maybe even hundreds of ninjas follow. Our ninja pal is fighting for their life. The art here is really cool. There's absolutely no dialogue, and the panels get increasingly smaller as they move from left to right, back to the left, and then one final time to the right in like a reverse uh, like Z shape. The smaller panels feel super claustrophobic and hectic and anxious and desperate. Some really smart pacing by uh, by our boys Finch, Mickey, and Darmada here. Uh, finally, the ninja makes uh, makes it back to Stark Tower, Osaka, where the new Avengers are just chilling, hanging out <laughs> in a really nice penthouse. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? It's like, oh man, I'm like, oh, did you see like the pay per view here? Um, they apologize to the heroes uh, for failing, and before they can explain, they're hit with a dozen arrows. The ninjas are at the door of Stark Tower, and the Avengers are completely outnumbered. Aaliyah, this is your second comic story you've ever read. How is this for an opening? Uh, pretty badass. Yeah? I love a good, like, opening fight scene, like, in a movie. Mm-hmm. So this was like, all right, let's uh, quit messing around, just get down to it. Yeah. I normally don't like it when, like... You know, you see, like, two or three pages, or, like, in a movie when it's, like, 15 minutes from, like, the middle of the movie, and then it just, like, cuts back to the beginning, and it's, like, two days earlier. It's, like, why don't you just tell the fucking story? Like, just tell the story in order. I think it really works well here. And I think, especially with, with David Finch's, like, super detailed pencils, this feels more like a movie than any comic, really, at the time, right? Like, it, it felt super cinematic, right? Yeah. Any other th- closing thoughts on issue 11 before we move on? I was intrigued by, I guess, what you referred to as the pacing with the different size panels that didn't fill the entire page. There was some black space, and I feel like this is the first time I've really encountered that, mm-hmm. where it looked like just kind of like photographs and not really comic book panels. Yeah. Um. So I just thought that was interesting. That and a lot of white, too, right? On on some of the pages. Yeah. And then, like, some other pages, like the the meeting between Cap and Matt Murdock, there, it was just, like, very full, mm-hmm. very full panels taking up the whole page. And then the, the contrast between that and, like, the changing different size overlapping panels. Look at you. This is your second comic story, and you're already picking up on just, like, how the story, like, sorry, I guess, like, how the... The device, right? The actual the comic medium. book, yeah, changes to tell the story. Fuck, that's awesome. It took me years to really understand that. You God. also talk a lot, and it's like hard to ignore you. Okay. Issue twelve <laughs> <laughs> came out October twenty six, two thousand five. Same creative team, uh, Ronan Part Two. Uh, one Wait, thing. Oh, where's, sorry. Where's Ronan coming from? What? Because I haven't seen that referenced. So I'm getting ahead of myself. That black ninja is named Ronan. I tried to be cute and talk about our black ninja friend. It's a character called Ronan. Okay. But it is a... When do we find that name out? Uh, In the third issue of this? In issue 13, I think? All right, I might have overlooked that. All right. Also, it could just not be in the story, and I just know that character's Ronan, and I just completely ignored it, too. It, we'll circle back. Okay, cool. <laughs> because that name... Like, I know Ronan... From other... Yeah, well, I mean, it's like that, it's a Japanese word, right? For, like, a, a a wandering, masterless samurai. Like, that's what Ronin means. Yeah, but, like, I know it from other things, but I don't no, remember it... reading it from this. these issues. Right. So sorry. Uh, no, you're good, you're good. Um, I mean, the story itself is actually titled Ronin. 
Sorry, I just well actually you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You read the collected edition. You read like the the New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, the complete collection, which takes out all the title pages. Ah, those bitches. Those bitches. I know. Um, so it takes out like the the credits. I think per like creative team. It also takes out like the summary pages and whatnot. But it is in fact called Ronan. If you say so. Okay. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> I guess I'll believe you about this comic book thing. Okay. Um, one thing Fry Michael Vendis loves to do is flashback. And this issue opens with another one uh, to our nin- to what our ninja friend was observing, pardon me, uh, in that feudal fortress before he gets caught. Uh, we get the full dialogue of what happened, the hand trying to woo Harada into being their leader, and Madame Hydra proposing a partnership. She dishes on S.H.I.E.L.D., saying it's rotten from the inside out without Nick Fury at the helm, and that's why Harada was pulled from a private plane and illegally detained without trial. She goes on to talk about how Hydra is a shadow of what it once was, and that's why she's happy to see the Silver Samurai back in a position where he can do something about it. Back at Stark Tower, Osaka, an all-out brawl explodes on the penthouse patio. Everyone's bantering, even Cap. But people get way less thrilled when Luke Cage gets literally thrown off the building and crashes to the ground below. Poor Luke. Yeah, that looked pretty rough, right? It didn't look like he landed on a cloud. It's so. not what you want. It's not. Back at the fortress, Madame Hydra is giving the Silver Samurai a hard sell on an alliance, a way to make a power base strong enough to fight this weakened version of S.H.I.E.L.D. and help her reclaim the true Hydra from the people really running both. A secret she won't reveal until she's sure she can trust him. Quote, The system we were fighting against S.H.I.E.L.D. and the system we were using to fight against at Hydra are rotting. A new worldwide corporate power struggle for this generation is going to form in its place. And I'm saying you need to reevaluate your place in this world. Because either you step up or they're going to assassinate you. Fuck. (laughs) Also, not what you want. No, I also think... Her dialogue there is, like, doing a lot to explain the situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not necessarily how she would talk explaining what's going on. But, yeah. like, her, they're using that as, like, the opportunity to be, like, con- contextually, this is what's going on. I wonder if that's, like, an editorial directive, right? Because I feel like most comics are written under the impression that they're somebody's first comic. And so that's why I feel like every, like, Green Lantern, for example, like, every Green Lantern (laughs) begins, like, issue from this era specifically that I'm referencing uh, from, like, 2005, like, the Jeff Johns era, um, is always like, I'm Hal Jordan. I'm the Green Lantern of Space Sector 2814. I overcome great fear. Like, it always just, like, like, says that on, like, the beginning of every issue, right? Well, that's, like, every episode of The Flash began with, like, my name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, I guess, like, this is just kind of, like, a more, I I guess, like, comprehensive summary. Because it's, like, there's no, like, main event, right? Like, we talked about Nick Fury's Secret War on this show, which I guess was, like, a mini event. But that was so, like, fucked by delays, right? So, like, it wasn't super consistent. I don't think it's, like, sold particularly well. Compared to, like, some of, like, the monthlies, which were just way more consistent. You know, like, getting an issue every month. And so, like, I I feel like you're 100% right. That, like, she talks super stilted in that scene just to be like, so here's, like, what's happening in the grander Marvel. Yeah, which I appreciated. Because I was like, okay, this is what's going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. This is what's going on with HYDRA. I understand it. But it just didn't feel like the most natural dialogue. I think you're onto something, yeah. 
but I appreciated it. Yeah, it's nice. It is nice. Even then, like, even, like, reading this, like, waiting a month for, like, the next part, like, even as, like, a diehard fan, I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's what's happening. Oh, okay. A good reminder. Yeah. Because I'd always, like, open the front page where there'd be, like, a three-page summary of what's been going on. I'm like, I don't need that. And then I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, I saw the summary at the beginning of issue 11, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is what happened. That did happen. Okay. Well, I'll be damned, yeah. Uh, in a funny sequence, we see Luke Cage in tattered clothing take the elevator back up to the penthouse and immediately seek revenge on the dudes that threw him off the building. Just as Iron Man is about to unleash this attack he's been hyping all issue, the ninjas retreat, uh, leaving the Avengers alone. People are dying to know who this black-suited ninja is. Ronan, it's Ronan. Uh, but Cap... <laughs> Cap and Ronan don't break. Uh, they realize that Spider-Woman is missing from their group. Flying towards the fortress, Spider-Woman talks to Madam Hydra, who immediately greets her with, What are you doing here? We had a deal. The deal is you get your powers and we own you. That's the deal. You and your little pals fly anywhere, do anything. You tell your contact and he tells me. You come to Japan knowing what's at stake and you don't tell us. I should kill you right here, you fat pig. That was unnecessary. Uh, yeah. Like, okay, if, if she's doing bad at her job, then like... Fine, criticize her performance, but, like, no need to bring her, like, appearance into it. <laughs> Women hate that. Okay. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Also, th- uh, oh. what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also, like, stilted dialogue in the sense that, like, I feel like, you know... She probably wanted to say you capitalist pig, like the way she was like shitting on like the like the technocratic corporate order or whatever that she was like talking to Harada about at the beginning of this issue. I feel like she wanted to say capitalist pig was like, no, I'm gonna get one dig in at her because she really fucked me on this one. Also, like she's clearly not fat. Yeah, she's pretty banging. Like, I girls are so mean. (laughs) Madam Hydra. Ben asked to get hit with a Venom Blast, which Jess obliges because the uh, new Avengers have followed her and see them talking, and they need to cover their tracks. They're celebrating that they bagged an Interpol top 10 terrorist when all of a sudden the Silver Samurai, fully armored, shows up and looks menacing but cool as shit. He looks so cool. He looks really cool, right? Like, I don't love bad guys, but if I were to love a bad guy... This is the kind of bad guy? I... I mean, The Last Samurai, Silver yeah. Samurai, I like... Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> samurai stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm something of a samurai head. Yeah. <laughs> I like Japanese-centric... It's pretty fucking cool. ...films, I guess. Films, yeah. Uh, I, I just like Japanese-centric culture. I think that's why I like spend so much money on like Dreamcast games, because like, that console was like the most Japanese console of all time. And, and I'm, like, I don't know, like Gundam models... Why are you blowing my shit up? Just saying, like, if you have any questions about Gundam, ask George, because yeah. he knows all of it, like, off the top of his head. He doesn't even have to watch it. Yeah, I do do that. I like it a lot, which is why I still watch it, even though I don't have to. Back to your re- regular <laughs> programming. Yeah. Uh, New Avengers 13 came out November 30th, 2005. Same creative team as before. Uh, let's talk briefly about Silver Samurai. Okay. So, this dude is from a Japanese crime family, and he's a mutant. 
He can create what's called a tachyon field and sustain it around objects. Tachyons are hypothetical particles that uh, travel faster than the speed of light. And that's not like a comic thing. That's like a real theoretical physics thing in, in our world. Uh, but basically, he uses that field generation ability to make it so his armor can protect him from attacks and so his sword can be strong enough to cut through pretty much anything. The only thing it can't cut through is adamantium, which you'll notice Wolverine is conspicuously absent right now. And uh, the way Daredevil is going through some shit, Wolverine also going through some shit right now. God, all the men, so many issues. Men are too emotional. Yeah, they can't lead attacks on terrorist cells in Japan. <laughs> God duh. All right. Lesson lesson on Silver <laughs> Samurai over. Uh, this issue opens with Cat basically being a fucking hall monitor, uh, saying he has, <laughs> he has no idea why the Silver Samurai was illegally detained, but the people he's talking to are known terrorists and assassins, and he better stop like a parent telling their kid that their friends are bad influences. And honestly, it's kind of fucking embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I get Cap is like... Different, different time. Like... No violence unless absolutely necessary. Like, try to talk it out first, but, like, come on. Yeah, you don't have to be such a fucking square about it, my guy. <laughs> Zoo. Uh, <laughs> the Silver Samurai is being yelled at by the lead uh, hand guy uh, to fight the Avengers, but he immediately turns and does a broad swipe at all the people at the hand, um, just fucking them up, saying, like, nah, man. I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore. My dad says you're a bad influence. <laughs> My father. Uh, just then, Iron Man finally gets to unload that big-ass attack he was hyping last issue. And the art is interesting here uh, because it looks almost identical to the surge of electricity that started this whole mess when Electro caused the prison outbreak on the raft way back in issue one. Uh, but just interesting, an interesting image. I don't know if it was intentional, but uh, that really stuck out to me. Uh, the samurai seems grateful to see the Avengers, hoping to get to the bottom of whatever the hell is going on when Luke Cage clocks the dude. He's super pissed, convinced that if they hadn't shown up, the guy would be Mr. Hand, King of Hydra. And uh, he's still also pretty mad about being thrown off a, a building thing. He's still pissed about that. Yeah, it's not something you get over. It seems um... like more than a day, and it's been like eight minutes probably. Yeah. So that's that's like at least a week. I know Luke Cage has unbreakable <laughs> skin. But I don't know. You don't, I don't know. Pe people don't forget, you know. Like, I get mad when you, like, leave dirty dishes in the sink for, like, days. So this seems like. <laughs> it's funny because I'm the one that leaves dirty dishes in the sink, not George. He washes them. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I was just using a universal example. I was just bashing you while I had the platform, too. <laughs> <laughs> I need this, okay? Oh, fuck. God, start your own podcast. Damn. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Okay. It's very rare. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Where were we before that? Jesus. Threw me off my, my rhythm. Luke Cage punched Silver Samurai. Okay. Which was, like, pretty badass. Okay. Luke Cage looks pretty good in that, like, tattered little little bit he's got going on. Oh, yeah? Showing off the goods? I mean... A little bit, yeah. Uh, the situation de-escalates and Samurai shares what happened to him. A month ago, he went to sleep on his private plane and woke up on the raft. He managed to escape. Uh, he's going to tell everyone what happened to him on behalf of the Avengers country, and Cap certainly tells him, not our country. Putting the blame fully on whatever the hell is happening at S.H.I.E.L.D. The Avengers grab Madame Hydra and bounce in their Quinjet back to the States. It just seems like you can't trust anyone. 
it's really funny because that actually becomes a like marketing tagline at Marvel like in a year. They should in hire two years. me. They sh- <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Noted comic book connoisseur. Can I be your intern? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Tight. All right, I'm back on board. I, I take back the fuck you. I apologize. <laughs> Whew. In the air, uh, Samurai goes to the press. Uh, sorry, while they're in the air on their Quinjet, Samurai goes to the press, leaving Iron Man and Cap feeling pretty fucked about the whole situation. Madam Hydra regains consciousness, and Jessica overrides the hatch door lock to give her a chance to escape. Just then, Cap unbuckles his seatbelt, completely coincidentally, and both he and Madam Hydra are sucked out as the jet depressurizes. Jess jumps out and manages to save Cap just before he hits the water, but there is no sign anywhere of Madam Hydra. Uh, she successfully escaped, it looks like. Uh, people thought she was frisked before she got on the plane. Uh, Iron Man says she was in a super menacing-looking panel. And then Ronan and Cap both shoot a knowing glance uh, at Jess and each other. Back at Avengers Tower, Cap references all uh, sorry, the words of Hawkeye, who died in the Avengers Disassembled story covered all the way back on the first episode of this podcast. Uh, anyways, Hawkeye says the Avengers never followed through on things. They always jump to the next drama, and he was right. So Cap and Iron Man promise to support Ronan when they say they're heading back to Japan to keep the hand in check. Anytime Iron Man says something, Cap has to repeat it, and when Ronan takes off their mask, we learn why. Turns out this whole time, Ronan was Maya Lopez, a character also known as Echo. If you watch the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, uh, she was an antagonist on that show. Uh, turns out Cap was repeating Iron Man's words. Because Maya is deaf and reads lips, but she couldn't see Iron Man's mouth move because of the armor he was wearing. I didn't catch on to that. I was confused because I knew Maya from Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought she was deaf. How was she conversing so well? And I didn't catch on that Cap was repeating everything. Right. So that's interesting. Also, <laughs> can we uh, just take a second and talk about the pacing and the panels where... Spider-Woman is about to push the button to let Miss Hydra, Lady Hydra? Madam Hydra. Madam Hydra uh, escape. Madame Edouard in, in, in French. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Um, just like the cuts back and forth, it was very, very tense. I could feel her kind of confliction mm-hmm. about what to do. I think something that's really interesting, too, is, like, the panels seem almost incomplete. Like, they're really kind of, like, awkwardly sized, right? Which, like, the fact that you can't see Jessica's whole face in some of the panels, the fact that you can't see the entire phrase of, like, hatch door, emergency override, like, that also just, like, makes it really claustrophobic and tense. Like, really good stuff. David Finch, pretty fucking good at his job. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I definitely felt it there. Yeah. That was a a scene. Is that... Yeah. Is it a scene? Yeah. A scene that I really liked. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, fuck, this book is really good. And there's so many, like, Dutch angles, just, like, panels at, like, awkward angles. Yeah, the the next page is, like, really... Chaotic. Abstract. So much going on. Yeah. I don't know how to read those. Man, speaking of chaotic... What? The very next morning at Avengers Tower, after this whole fiasco with Madame Hydra escaping... Drama! Dude, Jess is just sitting there eating cereal. When Cap enters and just asks her point blank, so, who are you working for? Can you hear Jessica, like, shit, shit a brick in that scene? <laughs> like, I, I can hear the actual stone hitting the floor. Incredible stuff. 
also just like how do you even think about lying to captain america yeah like i don't even know the guy personally and i would (laughs) never lie to him the thought of lying to him gives me like anxiety do you think it's because you're just really attached to chris evans i mean obviously who isn't that sweater and knives oh everyday sweater weather when you think about chris evans (laughs) yeah but still chris evans aside yeah the the character of cap i just i how could you yeah well i got great news for you because issue 14 we find out how she could i know There's so much drama. If you told me, like, comic books were more like soap operas, I would have been in years ago. They are a hundred... It's just like if soap operas and wrestling had a baby, which I guess is really just wrestling. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's wrestling with more powers. With more weird shit. God, that's so cool. Yeah? You into yeah. it? Okay. We watched a lot of Royal Rumble this past month. <laughs> a lot of old Royal Rumbles. It was a blast. It was awesome. New Avengers issue 14 came out December 28th, 2005. Uh, I believe this is a two-part story called Secret and Lies. Um, And this is written by Brian Michael Bendis, drawn by Frank Cho, inked by Frank Cho, colored by Jason Keith, and lettered by Richard Starkings and Andy Duquesne. Uh, This issue opens with Cat Farrell, reporter at the Daily Bugle, and apparently everyone else in New York City simultaneously noticing the Sentry's watchtower on top of Stark Tower and collectively losing their goddamn minds. Now, this is an audio show. I understand that's such a pain in the ass when we talk about comics. Uh, Basically, imagine, like, a modern building with a gothic, alien-looking, very fucking menacing, like, Lord of the Rings-esque tower on top of it. It kind of looks like, um, who's Thor's sister? Hela. Hela, like her horns? Oh, like her headdress, yeah. Yeah, like kind of reminds me of that general That's feeling. That's really close, yeah. Yeah! Nailed like, it. Like Look one, at you. One yeah. side of that just like coming out of the top. Sorry, that's what that's what came to mind. No, you're 100% right. And so I just... And that happened, I think, at, like, issue 10, like, the first story that you were on for on Shortbox Summer. And apparently only now New York is noticing. So the Avengers were able to, like, go to Japan, fight a couple crime lords, and then make it back. And everyone's just like, oh, shit, look at that. That's weird. This is obviously pre-Twitter. That's so weird. Whew. Um, so this is a new artist. This is a new artist. This is Frank Cho. Okay. Uh... I feel like I noticed that. I did not read that it was a new artist because I am like a notorious just like skimmer. Okay. I don't know if there's any indication in the book you're reading that it's a new artist. Let's, there's absolutely none. In the in the very first part of it, it, tell, it lists all the artists working on it. But so like I didn't know it was a new artist, but I was like, man, this looks so different. Why is this so like so much different from the last one that I read? Mm-hmm. Um. So I noticed it without even noticing it. So I gotta ask, uh, you noticed that it's two different artists. Uh, which art style do you like more? Do you have a preference? Did you do you care that it's two different art tones? Does that turn you off? I like the the Finch style more. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Um, I think it's more detailed. It is a bit more detailed. It's a little. 
I don't want to say less stylized, but like something about Frank Cho, like his figures are way more rounded. So it's almost more like a cartoonist, if that makes sense. Yeah, there were a lot of like big boobs, uh, which I mean, there were big boobs before on like the superheroes, mm-hmm. but these were like different boobs. Yeah. Frank Cho is notorious for drawing just very, very full figured women. Um, sometimes it's even gotten him in, in trouble with, with certain groups of fans. Huh. Uh, it is a bit more cartoonish. I don't think either, I don't, I don't think one is better than the other. Uh, I think they're both like gorgeous and, uh, man, like. I think Finch is more detailed. Finch is more detailed and more cinematic, but like there's something also that just feels more traditionally comic book about Frank Cho's. I would agree with that. And so that makes it like, it's just, it's so fucking awesome that everyone draws different and that no two artists look that similar, you know, unless someone's like copying or like doing an homage, but I just think it's super neat and I'm pretty happy with, I mean, I think I like the David Finch stuff more. I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Just, I don't, it feels more serious. Yeah. It feels like a more mature type of storytelling. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know how to convey it into words. Let me get back to you. Okay. No, it's cool. I'm also like, I haven't really thought about it in years just because I'm so used to like both of them existing, you know? I think Frank Cho's covers are fucking epic as hell though. Like he, he did like this Spider-Woman cover uh, for this issue. That's just oh, like, that's... like, he's really good at pinups, uh, but like in terms of like uh, sequential storytelling, I, I see what you mean. Okay. Back to the story. Back to the story. Inside the tower, Cap is pressing Jessica about who she's really working for. Jess immediately apologizes for her pheromones, a part of her power, making Cap more attracted to her. And he just says, I'll try to control myself. And it is awkward as shit, but really funny. But also Cap is such a gentleman. Yeah. Good boy, Cap. Good boy. Um, She says that uh, Madame Hydra is only part of it. And really, this is all Cap's fault. We get a condensed version, super condensed, like two-page condensed version of Spider-Woman's origins. She's the daughter of some genius Hydra scientist who experimented on her genome and gave her powers. She was running around as a teenage Hydra agent until Nick Fury pulled her out of the fire and made her a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent instead. Uh, Eventually, though, her powers crapped out on her and she had nothing to do. She even washed out of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the art in one of the flashbacks shows San Francisco, which is really nice to see, but holy shit, is the geography off. Yeah, there's, like, no view where there'd be, like, buildings. I don't even know if that's the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge and I then Coit Tower. I have to assume it's the Golden Gate Bridge. No offense yeah. to the Bay Bridge, which more people use than the Golden Gate. Yeah. Every day. But Just yeah. uh, geographically inaccurate. Which... Also, yeah, no place does Coit Tower, like, look that fucking prominent either right like i mean I unless get, you're like north north beach ish yeah but like you have to be like up as tall as it for it to look yeah like that the base is never that clear anyways super nitpicky but uh we lived in san francisco for a couple years and we really like it and we were happy to see it and we we're like huh that's off i always uh do that in movies too when they're like driving through san francisco like it's, the ant-man it's, chase scenes it's the fucking worst like i like <laughs> I don't understand how those, like, car chase scenes, like, last so long. It's like, dude, like, San Francisco is really small. Also, so much traffic. I'm not, I'm less worried about the traffic. I feel like if you were to see, like, Venom or Ant-Man, because, like, Venom also takes place in San Francisco, and there was, like, some extended car chases. But it's like, you know, they make it look like downtown is huge, and, like, you know, it takes, like, all of six minutes, like, the entire car chase scene is in downtown. I'm like, dude, downtown is, like, 
like four blocks. Unless like, you're like, like zigzagging between yeah, them. Unless you're just doing like donuts like around blocks. Like unless you're just doing like town laps. You know, like Fida is not that big. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. All right, let's get back to this Fabio guy. Okay. Not Fabio <laughs> Santana. Love him. Love him. Yeah. Uh, the Fabio romance cover. Fabio. Yeah. No, you're looking motherfucker. You're totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> She was running around as a has-been when some Hydra agent tracked her down and gave her an ultimatum. Either work for us, get your powers back, and be a shield double agent or die. Uh, She calls Fury. She tells him. He thinks it's awesome because it means getting her back to shield, a place he felt she always belonged, and squashing a Hydra cell all in one go. Win, 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 baby. It's kind of weird to me that Fury didn't even, like, take a breath. was just like... Yeah, double agent, let's go. (laughs) Fucking, wait, I guess, if you're a double agent for both sides, is that like, do you square that? Are you a quadruple agent? Yeah, how how does that really work? Triple agent? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's tough because it's like, is it squared? Is it just multiplied? Like, it's just tough because it's double, so it's like, well, two plus two is four, two times two is four. Yeah, like the, like the math. Same result. Yeah, math gets a little wonky. Uh, But she's something all right. Um... After a grueling surgery, an extended rehab that takes over a year, she gets her powers back, and they are better than ever. Uh, she used to only be able to glide. Now she can full-on fucking fly. Did they do something with her her boobs? Because it looks like breast implants. It's just Frank Cho, man. <laughs> no, but like on the operating table, it looks like they're breast implants. Holy shit, those do look like breast implants. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It looks like, like either breast implants or like like really fancy people's like dining dishes. You know, like you like pull the top off. I would. I I know it's not that. I would expect one in an operating room more than the other. <laughs> what is that? It looks like breast implants. Yeah, I. I'm going to go ahead and assume it's not. She's already, like, at max capacity. But I, also, like, this boob looks normal and her right boob looks, like, not as voluptuous. I just... Well, I think... Honest, did they put her powers in her boobs? Is no, what they I did not put her powers <laughs> in her boobs. I think it's, like, they're covering that one up with, um, oh, uh, with a speech bubble. But, like, speech bubbles really are... They try to be, like, you know, consistently sized. And so that one, it just makes her boob look smaller, I think, just because it was, like, easier to edit as opposed to just making, like, a bigger speech bubble. You're right. It looks weird. It looks off. I'm not obsessed with boobs, I swear. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not body shaming her either. No, I just am confused. Mm-hmm. I get it. Can we stop talking about her boobs yeah, for a sec? Yeah, Do fine. you mind? Okay. That's fine. Okay. Cool. <laughs> they look great, though. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, she works for both sides, keeping everybody fed, and it's going well until Nick Fury's secret war. We talked about that earlier on the podcast, I think, episode three. Go ahead and listen to that if you want a refresher on what the secret war was. Uh, he's ousted from S.H.I.E.L.D. after this, and since he was the only one who knew what, uh, Jess was doing, uh, she's just a straight-up Hydra agent at this point. Uh, and after everything that happened in the Savage Land with Rogue S.H.I.E.L.D. agents down there, she doesn't trust her bosses anymore. So she's just kind of fucked. Right? Yeah, you know I love a good, like, spy Does this feel, saga. Yeah, does this feel Homelandy to you? Homelandy, Covert Affairs... I'm all about it. I love like double crossing alias. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm all there for it. Yeah. Who do you trust? Can you trust anyone? Do you even trust yourself? 
No, she, no. Exactly. <laughs> also, I mentioned this to you earlier. It was a shock to, for me to see Nick Fury as anyone other than Samuel L. Jackson. It's really funny you mentioned that. And so do you have, you got your shoes on? You want to go for a little walk? I got, I got my LLB and slippers on. We got a tread. We're good for a little walk. Cool. We're not going too far. Don't worry about it. Um, so there's like the main Marvel continuity, right? Like the stories have been happening all the way back to the sixties and that's considered like the main Marvel universe. Yes. That is called the 616 universe. Why 616? That is a great question. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I've never done my research on it. That seems like something I should know. I mean, the Twitter handle is purplebird616. I never asked. Is that why? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) I never asked why, but that is why. And I should probably find out why. Question everything, George. That's a great point. Um, So that was like the main Marvel continuity. And then in the 2000s, as the movies were getting more popular, Marvel realized they needed like a new jumping on point. So they created a imprint called Ultimate Comics. And this was considered the ultimate universe of books where basically instead of like, what if... Instead of, like, the Marvel Universe starting in the 60s, what if the Marvel Universe happened today at the turn of the century? Mm -hmm. So everything was, like, really focused on on nuclear shit and, like, radiation in the 60s. Everything in the 2000s was more, like, digitized, basically. It was just a completely modernized telling of of the Marvel Universe. And in the Ultimates, uh, Nick Fury looked exactly like Samuel Jackson to the point where there was even a scene where they were talking about Yo, I hear they're making a movie about us. Who do you want to play you? And then Nick Fury's even like, can only be Samuel Jackson. Like, he even says that in the fucking comic. Did they know at that point that... No. Did they use that as a selling point? I believe they did. Okay. Because that was 2002-ish. Iron Man, maybe even 2001. Iron Man didn't come out until 2008? Yeah, like, almost when I was in college. It's pretty funny, though, because, like, a lot of the Ultimate comics were basically stories that couldn't happen in the in the marvel like main universe right like in the 616 because like it was so modern and it was like the entire point was to be modern so like you were dealing with like you know terrorist cells and like like they referenced like guantanamo bay and like the ultimates but like they didn't do that shit it was still like a little bit more fictionalized in the in the main continuity but then this book this new avengers book and this whole era of books that we've been talking about that's when marvel sort of started eating the ultimate universe's lunch like just sort of like so many stories that felt like ultimate comic stories were happening in the main marvel universe and that's why like after that like after like 2008 like the ultimate universe had to completely change like there was an event called ultimatum which completely changed everything so like characters were no longer super similar to like justify the it existing if that makes sense like all of a sudden like reed richards became like the number one villain like, something that couldn't happen in the main continuity. Like, they were like, how do we differentiate ourselves enough? And then it eventually just, like, collapsed. And they folded the imprint, and they brought, like, Miles Morales into the main continuity. But he was originally, like, the Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. This seems very confusing. Yeah, it did. Sure. Yeah. Comics. Not gonna lie, you kind of lost me. Okay. I just was confused because the only Nick Fury that I have ever known was Samuel L. Jackson. It's from a different comics continuity, but then they later, even more confusingly... They made that Nick Fury canon in in like the main six one six universe. So there's like a version of this Nick Fury, the the white Nick Fury who looks like David Hasselhoff, because David Hasselhoff played him in a directed TV movie actually. And there's also a version that looks like Samuel Jackson. So confusing. Yeah. But I love that comics are just like you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no one cares. I mean, actually, people really care. That's actually kind of the problem. But uh, fuck it, fuck them, whatever. They're still gonna give us money. It's fine. 
Boone Rally, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Also, one question. Who is the man in the hospital bed? Uh, that is Luke Cage. That's a flashback to Secret War. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I didn't read Secret War, so okay. that's on me. No, all good, all good. But, like, that's literally, like, this is, a, it's a scene of Nick Fury walking into a hospitalized Luke Cage. Uh, and so, like, that's, like, a really famous scene that they've, like, repeated in multiple books. And so I just like that they're, like, adding a new, like, deleted scene where he's, like, right before he walks in to ask about Luke Cage, he's, like, literally talking to Jess on the phone being, like... Well, I'm fucked, which kind of means you're fucked. Sorry, kid. Gotta bye. go. Gotta go. Bye. Yeah, just <laughs> hangs, hangs up and just kind of hangs her out to dry. Okay, I like that. That's like a scene that, not we, because I didn't know, but like we, that the greater we, mm-hmm. like know, and you're like, oh. oh, I love when they do that. I do too. It's harder now since I'm not as caught up, and I feel like I'm missing a bunch of the references. But goddamn, did I not have a lot going on back in December 2005. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so Jess, uh, Spider-Woman, uh, she was a Fury loyalist, and so she was pulled from all big S.H.I.E.L.D. assignments, which is awesome. Uh, she's not fucking over the good guys anymore, right? Uh, she's basically just a parking attendant equivalent S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Uh, she's doing shitty jobs that no one wants. Like, I don't know, escorting Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson through the Raft prison. And that is the very, very first scene of New Avengers number one. And so that's what she means by saying this is all Cap's fault. Because Cap went over her head. He asked uh, her S.H.I.E.L.D. supervisors if she could join the New Avengers before he even asked her. She says that if you'd asked me, I would have said no in a fucking heartbeat, dude. Like, I don't want to, like, compromise you guys. Uh, But since he asked S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. knew, that means that Hydra knew. And since there was no good reason for her uh, to turn down the chance to be an Avenger, she now had to give dirt to Hydra on S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers. It's fucking twisted, right? That sucks. What do you do in that situation? I think you do what Spider-Woman does, because you're fucking fucked. Because you want to live, right? Like Love it. That, Lo- like, love that's living. it. Live or die. Yeah, I love that for her, yeah. I hate you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she spills her heart out, right? Like, she says all this shit. And Cap just plainly asks, uh, you guys believe her? And the next panel is a gorgeous two-page spread uh, of every single hero on the new Avengers uh, sitting behind Jess and just, like, listening to it. Wolverine can't smell any change in her, like, biochemistry to say that she's lying. Uh, But then he acknowledges, like, oh, well... She's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, she's trained, and she's also apparently a Hydra agent, so she's trained to lie. Iron Man uh, didn't see any brainwave or heart changes while uh, while she was talking to imply that she was lying. Spider-Man trusts her because that's just the kind of guy he is. Oh, Spidey. And uh, Luke can imagine a world where someone is needlessly dicked over by, by Nick Fury. So he's like, yeah, it's probably a true story. I've got some experience in that field. And uh, the Sentry, who didn't go to Japan because he's still... Still recovering. He's a little bit like Ben Simmons, just like not mentally ready for the game. <laughs> it's it's Brooklyn Celtics playoffs. I I, it's all I can think about. He's supposed to come back on Monday in game four, and I'm like, should I be scared or should I be thrilled? I don't think you should be scared. Okay. I'm going to ask you a million times between now and Monday. How far away is Monday? I can't. It's Thursday. Yeah, I yeah. can't handle the truth. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the whole situation. Um, 
just then, Nick Fury calls on a really cool hollow phone. Do you want to, like, we, we live in the age of, like, constant Zoom calls and, like, video phones. Would I you... do not want to see your face. Not yours. Nick Fury's oh, face. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to ask if you wanted, like, hollow. Like, are you over screens? Do you want, like, 3D projection shit like Star Wars? No, I want emails. I want emails? I want... This hologram call could have been an email. I want beeps. <laughs> I actually just want, like, some device implanted into my head where, like, if you have a thought, I can just understand it. Like, we don't even have to speak. Like, you can just, like... See, it's funny that you were bashing on Gundam earlier. Okay. Because okay. that's actually <laughs> the entire point of new types. But I digress. I digress. Wait, new type? The, the, that's the tape on those boxes that we keep getting. Oh, you noticed, huh? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um... No, I just, I don't think I want hologram technology. That seems a little... It just seems like we're past that. Like, I like the heads-up display on my car. I feel like that's kind of like hologram technology. Yeah, you're right, you're Uh, right. But that's, like, all I want. Well, it's just, I don't know. Like, would you be more excited about a hologram or, I don't know, a carrier pigeon? (laughs) Like, (laughs) It's like, why? Wait, why are we doing holograms when, like, really all I care about is training a dog to relay a message to me? Like, I would be so much happier... (laughs) He's so much happier if he just, like, what if a goldfish could just, like, breathe on the side of his aquarium and then, like, use his, his little his little fins to, like, write a message, like, Malia called, <laughs> you know? I'm just thinking, like, a dog doing, like, charades. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but it sucks. Like, how do you get, like, the syllables? Because <laughs> that's, that's rough. Tailwags. <laughs> that'd be, good. like, Morse code? Would you learn Morse code if, yes. if that was how you could talk to your dog? Uh, like, like we said earlier, fourth Monday, so we are fucking losing it right now. <laughs> also, we live alone in the woods in Maine with three dogs, so. Yeah, that's another pretty big part of it. <laughs> you are one of two people I talked to today. <laughs> the other was my dad. <laughs> I also talked to your dad today. Yeah, big day. We had a visitor on the island. Uh, <laughs> just then, um... Sorry, not just then. I got lost. I forgot we already talked about holograms a lot. Uh, but Nick Fury calls in a hologram. Uh, he promises to work with the Avengers to take down this new type of Hydra that's trying to form. At the end of the call, he tells uh, the Avengers to turn on the news and get ready. Uh, they do, and every channel is uh, talking about the... Tower. I got lost in, <laughs> in the document. I'm really sorry. Every channel, I found it. Every channel is going apeshit about the return of the Avengers and it's time to put PR faces on. Sorry, you turned the page and I saw the book and I'm like, why the fuck is that art there? See, this, Yeah, I was so confused because Thor is there. That is the ultimate. So like that is ultimate Captain America, traditional Captain America. That's ultimate Thor. That's ultimate Iron Man. That's just a pinup. Like, artists will just do, like, just kick-ass art, and they'll just include that in books. But that really fucking threw me for a loop. I was like, wait, did I miss a crossover? I'm like, no. Sowie. No, God, you know more about comics than I do at this point. This is going to be my podcast soon. (laughs) Hello, Internet. (laughs) Hello, Internet. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It needs some work, admittedly. Can you you uh... try to do it? At the end. At the end, okay. Bonus content. Stay tuned. <laughs> Deleted scenes, baby. All right, final issue we're going to talk about today. New Avengers 15. This came out January 25th, 2006. Uh, same creative team as before. Brian Michael Bendis, Frank Cho, Jason Keith, Richard Starkings, Andy Duquesne. 
I think this is my favorite one so far. Yeah? Yeah. All right. This issue opens with Carol Danvers going by Miss Marvel at the time. Everyone knows her as Captain Marvel now. My girl. Your girl. Uh, getting her ass handed to her by an old Fantastic Four and Black Panther villain named Claw. You know him as the character Andy Serkis played in the MCU. Uh, it's narrated by Carol in a blog format because it's 2006. And I fucking love it. Everyone had a goddamn live journal back then. So. I love it. Would you, like, subscribe to her recipe? Like... I newsletter would, i would listen to her podcast yeah. i would read her blog i would watch her youtube channel i'm there for it this might be before youtube was there a time before youtube yeah it sucked that's weird you had to you had to watch music videos on mtv and they were really slowing down in the music video department oh god yeah it's the worst also, the dogs broke into the studio, so you might hear some some rustling in the background. Sorry about that. Yeah, we gave them all the bully sticks we felt comfortable giving them <laughs> for their digestive health. I gave them their CBD chewies, so maybe they'll pass out soon. Oh, God, fingers crossed, but I doubt it. Um, I love the blog post. I love Carol Danvers. I, I love everything about this. Yeah, you thought Spider-Woman had big boobs, though. I mean, she looks great. Carol Danvers, out of control. Yeah. Love her. You, you like the blog format, really? I really do. Okay. Uh, it feels very 2000s to me. I, I think this is the first time you've read a book that had, like, a narrator. Yeah, maybe that's what I like about it. The observer narrator. Yeah, like the more structure. XOXO Gossip Girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so this is the claw from Black Panther? Yeah. Okay. Looks like a robot there. It looks super different. Very cartoonish. Different powers. Um, right? Kind of. Like, Claw also has, like, a vibranium-enforced robotic hand in the movies. Yeah, but not, like, the sound thing. Uh, Does he? Well, vibranium absorbs sound. Okay. I missed that, then. Okay. I was... Michael B. Jordan was... On screen. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. And we're back. I don't remember the last thing we said, because the dogs went crazy and we immediately muted the microphone. But you're, we're talking about Claw. Yeah. Um... I thought it was the same one. I was very confused, though. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like they can reuse characters. Yeah. Um, but Carol, man, what a badass. What a badass. Uh, she's great. And this is around the time she got a brand new solo series. Uh, I think her longest running series ever is like 50 issues. Um, I don't think it was that great. But it was really nice getting Carol every month. That was really cool. Right. I think it's kind of bullshit the way she finds out that there's, like, a new Avengers team and, like, nobody even fucking asked her. Okay. <laughs> that seems, like, kind of rude. Uh, yeah, she even says in her narration during this that she was there for some of the best days in Avengers history, and she was also there for the actual worst day in Avengers history. So that is a little, um, like, she's been there. Like, she's a pretty established uh, thread in the Avengers tapestry. So a little little offensive. I, a little heads up would have been nice. I agree. Cap. <laughs> anyway, she's doing escort duty. Steven. <laughs> she's she's doing escort duty for a prison transfer. Claw breaks out. Uh, they fight. She wins. Uh, really, this whole thing is set up uh, so it can be revealed to her by someone else uh, that the new Avengers team is about to be unveiled, and that Carol, representing the entire superhero community at large, 
is completely unaware. I guess the X-Men and the Fantastic Four technically know because they were in like that story about the century, right? But like yeah. they're like, you know, pretty big deals in the in the Marvel universe, but like she's kind of operating on her own out there. Like she really only has a solo title. She doesn't make a lot of appearances in other books. So I think that's what she's supposed to represent. Okay. Steven. <laughs> also, look at the way he's like all over her. Yeah. Yeah, she shows up to the party and he's immediately like, let me talk to her first. <laughs> he's like, hey, girl. Yeah. Also, it's weird, too, because she's just like this big buxom blonde. Like, really looks exactly like his ex-girlfriend, Sharon Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he like gives her a big hug and like, he's into her. Yeah. How is he not into her? Yeah, so she flies to New York, greeted by Cap. Uh, she asks to talk to Cap uh, immediately to get something off her chest. Now, this episode is a little out of order, technically, story-wise, but there's not going to be any spoilers. Uh, this conversation she's about to have references the House of M. It's a big story that we're going to cover soon, and that will mark the end of Shortbox Summary Season 1. Look forward to it probably this summer. We still got a few things I want to knock out first. Uh, but basically, the House of M is a story where Wanda, the Scarlet Witch used her reality-altering powers to make it so mutants were the dominant species on the planet and humans were the minority. A reversal from the situation as it is now. In doing so, she also gave every hero basically everything they could have wanted. She makes their dreams come true in the hopes that will help them accept this new reality. Obviously, it's way more complicated than that, but we'll cross that bridge soon enough. And Carol's here saying that, like, since the House of M, she's been inspired to be a better hero. She wants to be the person she was in this reality, uh, in, in House of M. And she's never felt like an A-lister, uh, like Cap or Thor, like all these big heavy hitters. But she got a taste of it in that alternate reality. Uh, so she turns down the offer that Cap extends to her in person to join the Avengers. Which seems kind of like secondhand. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I guess you can come along. Yeah, okay. Uh, which is rude. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> uh, she says she wants to earn it. Now, how do you feel about that? That, like, she's implying that she's not already good enough to join the Avengers. I feel like this is a classic case of imposter syndrome. Okay. Where, like, Cap even says, like, I don't think, like, I don't see you that way. But, mm. like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I think she's like, man, I don't, I don't deserve to be here. I can be so much better. I want to work on myself before coming back, uh, which I feel like a lot of women in the workforce can relate to. Yeah. I think that's interesting and probably what they were going for. But this also did tee up her solo book. Which great for her. Going out on her own. I love that for her. <laughs> well, like her, her book lasted 50 issues and like that's longer than any like Iron Man book has lasted in the past couple years. That's like longer than like the Captain America run that we talked about on this podcast that ended at issue 52. Granted, it kept, kept renumbered and kept going, but like that also kept out of 50. Like that was a huge, huge deal. Again, I just wish that series were better. Uh, the books got really good when she became Captain Marvel. I think those books are dope. Uh, but that Miss Marvel title was a little... Little, Left something to be desired. A little underwhelming, yeah. The art was really good, but I just wasn't the biggest fan of the, the writing. I thought it was just a little milk toast. Um, uh, but I like that Steve leaves it open of, like, you know, when you're ready, we'll be here for you. Mm -hmm. uh, which it just would have been nice to be thought about, like, in the beginning. I yeah. don't know. I hear you. I hear you. 
they re-enter the party situation uh, before like a big reveal uh, to the public about their the, the new Avengers. And Wolverine immediately excuses himself from the entire show, saying he's killed people and he's a liability. He doesn't want to be out there. He doesn't think it's a good idea for him to be out there. Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, like, great self-awareness. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate that of, like, I will hurt the, the group. Mm-hmm. If I'm out here, so I'm gonna just, uh, hide. See, it's funny you say that, because Spider-Man also says he thinks this is a bad idea. He's been getting bad press, being called a menace and a murderer since he was in junior high. Yeah, but we love Spider-Man. We do love Spider-Man. Um, Iron Man steps in and tries to calm him down, saying... Quote, this is where you're going to see how the machine works for you. In 27 minutes after he says that, J. Jonah Jameson, publisher of the Daily Bugle, shows up with his editor-in-chief, Robbie Robertson, and reporter Kat Farrell. Jonah is beside himself that Spider-Man is joining this new Avengers team, but Iron Man promises exclusive access and coverage for laying off of Spider-Man in the press. Robbie chimes in saying, say yes or I quit. And Jonah and Spider-Man shake hands, making it seem like a new era for Spidey in the papers. And you wonder why I hate mustaches. Oh my god. Well, that that mustache. Like, it's still like a Hitler mustache. It's, it's got, awful. It's gotta go. But also, all mustaches are awful. Well, I, I feel like him having that mustache is like the same people who like have like the stars and bars and they're like, it's about history. It's like, that's really not, man. Have you not read a history book? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Cap goes out. Gives this rousing speech about how the Avengers are back. Never should have left. They'll do their best to protect people, yada, yada, yada. Introduces the crowd to the new Avengers. Uh, right after another gorgeous two-page spread, Iron Man looks angry as shit. There's a scathing editorial in the paper. A wanted murderer, an alleged ex-member of a global terrorist organization, and a convicted heroin dealer are just a few of the new recruits who are opposed to bury the once good name of the Avengers once and for all. Side note, that's bad fucking writing. Like, why did he say once, twice, in like an eight-word stretch? I'm, I'm not a writer. That is not good. And to imagine, sorry, he continues, and to imagine... These mass vigilantes had the gall to invite me, your esteemed publisher at large, up into the Tower of Lies to try and get me to spin news pieces for them in return for bearing the truth about that webbed, wall-crawling, murdering menace. Just shows how far the bar for a hero has fallen. Uh, just for the record, Luke even points this out. He was falsely accused of being a heroin dealer, and the case is overturned. Uh, the mother of his child, Jessica Jones, still works for Jameson at this point, by the way. So, awkward... Yeah, it just seems like this guy really is, like, obsessed with Spider-Man. Yeah, just just ask him out already. Just kiss. Yeah, like, just get it over with. Yeah. Um, dick move, though. Oh, yeah, to shake hands and then just fuck him? Yeah. Yeah. Unexpected, not so sure, but dick move nonetheless. Yeah. If you can't trust a publisher with a Hitler mustache, who can you trust? You never trust anyone with any mustache, George. Yeah, that is your rule, yeah. Um, this guy is, like, really, like, proto-Alex Jones, right? Like, my Alex Jones? No, not your... <laughs> not, no, the... Oh, oh, <laughs> bullshit Alex bullshit Jones. Bullshit <laughs> Being sued for, for, what is it? It's not libel. Libel's written, right? 
No, libel is written slanderous spoken. Yeah, for for sl- slanderous remarks about like slanderous spoken. Okay. I'm a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> um, but like really, really, really kind of like proto Alex Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, I was very confused. I have a, a friend from college named Alex Jones. Yes. Yeah, I he's a great guy. I was not just <laughs> not comparing this piece of shit to, to that guy. Yes, I was very confused. Okay. Um. Also. I just want to point out that I don't know if this is a reference to anything, mm-hmm. but Wolverine is wearing a shirt that says Beltsville. Yeah, I don't know what that is, actually. I um, There's a lake near the town where I grew up called Beltsville Lake, which is where my mind went. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I have never seen any kind of article of clothing with Beltsville on it. Um, so I don't know if there's a, a different reference, but. Um, I looked it up. Frank Cho, the artist, was raised in Beltsville, Maryland. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. That's not where I grew up. I made a note to look it up, and then I just went on living my life and did not do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because we're on our fourth mo- Monday of the week. Yeah, I'm a bad podcast host. Uh, but I'm about to be a good one and wrap this up l- with a bow on it. That, uh, was, that was our last one, right? Yeah, but we got to finish like the last page. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My, my B. My All B. Right. Um, so the final page shows Spider-Woman taken off from the ceremony, from the events, and uh, she heads to a bar. Uh, she's met by her Hydra contact, the Fabio-looking motherfucker that uh, <laughs> we have referenced earlier, uh, who tells her that Madame Hydra is still alive and back in Osaka. Uh, she then looks sad as hell as she tells him that Nick Fury's back in the game and going to work with the Avengers to destroy Hydra, but at least she gets to live for another day. And so that concludes... Ronin, parts one through three. Secret, so is she... Secrets and Lies, parts one and two. Is she a bad guy? She looks sad. She looks sad. Like, does she... Is she a bad guy but doesn't want to be a bad guy? Is she just, like, stuck in a bad situation and is just trying to survive? I just... I don't know if I believe anything she says. It seems like you like this series. I do. Okay. You're now, congratulations, you've been promoted. You're full-time official New Avengers correspondent. I'm only going to do New Avengers stories with you. Okay. So let me tell you right now, it is so much more complicated than you think. I can't wait. Oh, you think this is dramatic? Buckle up, Buttercup. It's about to get way worse. Uh, I just feel bad for her. Yeah. I mean, she kind of made her bed. Um, and she should lay in it, but also, like, if this she, has gotten... She, she didn't make her bed. She had no choice. Like, she is either get her powers back and work for Hydra, or they just fucking put a bullet in her head. That's not a choice. No. Okay. I'm not saying she should have, but, like, I don't know. I feel like she should have told Cap sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I get not trusting anyone at S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, if you can't trust Steve, who can you trust? Steven! <laughs> no, he's only Steven when he does something bad. Okay. <laughs> Just, like, I only use your last name for the dogs when they do something bad. Okay, cool. Tight. Dope. Love that about you. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of your second and third comic stories? Um... I'm hooked. Yeah. I almost kept reading, but I didn't want to, like, spoil my reactions mm-hmm. uh, for what we were talking about today, so I didn't read past because I didn't want to, you know, learn consciously it. or subconsciously learn anything I shouldn't know yet. Gotcha. Um, which I'm sure you do. You know all the things, which is annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. 
Sorry for the dogs clawing at the door and yeah, whining. They're just, they know there's like an extra bully stick in here and they're just trying to get to it. Also, our dogs are super codependent. If, if <laughs> someone's like not scratching them, they just flip out. <laughs> uh, check out Twitter for lots of great dog pictures if you're into that kind of thing. Oh man, I posted a picture of Baby Tuna the other day. I forgot he was like once smaller than my foot. Yeah. Not that he's much bigger than my foot now, but he was he was tiny. Little baby. Like he looked like not just like a stuffed animal, but like a Happy Meal stuffed animal. And now he just looks like a stuffed animal. It's a big growth. I mean, he's 14 whole pounds. And we got him. He was four. He's a little chunky monkey. He is a little chonker. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you're into this. How do you feel just sort of gauging your interest so I know you like New Avengers. Unfortunately, you can't just read New Avengers and be caught up on the whole story. But that's why I have you. Yeah, okay. But, like, how excited are you about the idea of, like, reading House of M? Because that's a pretty important story. How are you excited are you about reading Civil War? Because that's also a pretty important story. I mean, I guess if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> the guns are, are to my head. Yeah. Um... No, I, I don't know enough about those events to mm-hmm. have an opinion yet. Um, I just meant as, like, an outsider where it's just, like, it's kind of bullshit that the story isn't in the story. You know, like, that seems frustrating. And I honestly, I think that's, like, a big turnoff for a lot of people. It is kind of annoying to be like, oh, I have to go to this place to get this part of the story. Mm-hmm. And I need to get this background from this different story uh, to get, like, the full picture. Yeah. I kind of wish maybe it was, like, just self-contained. Mm-hmm. There are books that are more organized like that and a bit more self-contained, but unfortunately this era of Marvel was all over the place and is just not one of them. A bunch of the solo books do a really good job of being self-contained, but New Avengers went, like the Avengers went from being kind of like a a floundering franchise to being like the linchpin of the entire Marvel Comics universe. Like this was the flagship title. There's actually a really good story on Newsarama last week. Newsarama is like a big comic book website. Uh, but it was talking about how, like, New Avengers did what, like, had never been done before. Like, it was it was what turned the Avengers into a franchise. Like, it was what made the team the marquee number one A-list book from Marvel. I guess I'm also a hypocrite because I love, like, crossover TV shows. Yeah. So, so I should love... That's different, though. Like, I'm willing to, like, when it was just, like, the Flash and Arrow, it's like, oh, you're telling me I just... I need to watch the shows I'm already watching in a slightly more specific order. Okay. It, it, it's more like recently where it's just like, oh, yeah, there's one episode from ten different series that you need to watch in the right order and you need to be caught up on. It's like, oh, Legends of the Tomorrow, Batwoman, like all this crazy yeah. shit. Like that. that's a little bit more accurate to the comics experience. That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I do look forward to um, Steve Rogers redeeming himself in my eyes. Yeah. Just becoming, going from Steven to Steve? Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I I really hope he comes back from this. If anyone can do it, it's Steve Rogers. I love Captain America. I do. Yeah. Um, I just expect more from him. Are you glad that he's also, like, one of my favorites and, like, that's why I've got so much Captain America shit? Like, is it easier to swallow, like, a house with all this ridiculous stuff in it if it's Captain America? No, because it's not like Chris Evans. So it is Chris Evans. So, George, you need to get Chris Evans in our house. In our house? Okay. I've been fucking working on it since that movie, The Perfect Score, came out. That was, like, one of the first celebrities. I'm like, I think we'd really get along. 
oh, we would be friends. Oh, he's from Boston? Yeah, I think we got a lot to talk about. Like, I wonder what... Like, is he nervous about Ben Simmons coming back for game four? I don't know. I should, I should talk to him and find out. Maybe you should tweet him. Maybe I should. Um, we got a question for tonight's episode. We have fans? We have fan. <laughs> I put out an alert that we're recording an episode about New Avengers, so I asked for questions about pre-House of M New Avengers and for Spider-Woman. And we got a question from Alden uh, that is at Rospiden on Twitter. He says, being relatively a baby to the comic book world, I've never understood how Spider-Woman relates to Spider-Man. I've been told that the names are just coincidental and there is no real ties between the two. So, WTF. Um, I'm also a baby in the comic book world, so uh, you get to answer that one. Oh yeah, you don't want to start? I'll also second that question. <laughs> okay, it is... Such an unsatisfying answer. So, Spider-Man is named Spider-Man because he got his powers from a radioactive spider bite. Spider-Woman cannot shoot webs. But, I think, like, so she's had her origin changed, right? But the original intention of her character was, I think she was sick, and her dad was a scientist. And it was later retconned to be a Hydra scientist, right? Uh, but, like, she was being experimented on using a combination of spider venom and radiation to try to help her get better. And so that's why she's independently known as Spider-Woman. There was some big crossover event. I believe it was Spider-Verse in the comics in like 2015, 2014, 2016, somewhere around there, uh, where we learn about these things called spider totems, where they just characters like represent different aspects of like the, a, a spiritual spider or whatever. And so it's revealed that they are both spider totems. And so that's like another connection. But like that's really why she's called Spider-Woman. Because she got her powers from a radioactive spider. And I think she named herself that independently of, of Peter Parker. Okay, but she, she doesn't really have any spider capabilities. She can shoot venom blasts that are derived okay. from spider venom. She can glide like some spiders do. Uh, you know, like those parachuting spiders we were warned to look out for this summer? Have you seen that? No. Oh my god, you're gonna fucking hate it. It's like that and hammerhead worms are apparently gonna destroy the East Coast this year. Don't love it. Not a fan. Uh, there's that, and then I, I can't remember if she has any kind of, like, intuition, spider sense, like Peter Parker. But she also has, like, the pheromone thing where she excretes. So basically okay, it's, like, okay. every spider aspect that Spider-Man doesn't have. She has. Yeah. Um, but that's different from, like, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen is functionally the Spider-Man of her universe. Okay. And so, like, the idea is that, like, there's always a character sort of founded by tragedy who learns that uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And so, like, they have to learn that lesson. And so, like, in her respective Earth, it was Peter Parker who died instead of Gwen Stacy. Okay. In in our world, or sorry, not our world, but in the 616 world. And so she became Spider-Man because she was the one who was bit by a radioactive spider. Okay. You just think they would be, like, a little more creative and, like, think of different names for people. I get that. However, I like it. it even more confusing, there's actually another woman named Spider-Woman. There's, like, a full-on other character. And her costume kind of looks like the Venom costume. I... Yeah, I fucking can't. Uh, yeah, I, uh, we're, <laughs> we're done. We're, we're done here. Podcast over! Aaliyah, do you want people to get in touch with you? If they want, I don't really uh, anticipate that. You really just use Twitter to send memes to friends and retweet Boston Red Sox and Bruins statistics. 
that's pretty much it. And also tweet pictures of the dogs. So if you want dog pics, oh yeah, hit me up at Aaliyah four one three. If you can figure out how to spell Aaliyah, bonus points. You win the prize, and the prize is following her <laughs> on Twitter. Following her on Twitter. Don't follow me IRL. Yeah, not cool. Um, also, don't go anywhere. So sorry. <laughs> don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it way easier to follow you. <laughs> I think that would be like a stakeout because I don't leave the house. Do I need to cut this part out? No. Okay. We yeah. have we have really bad like tree coverage anyway. Like we'll see a car if it's staked out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we have a watchdog. Her name is Goose, and she'll f you up. Yeah, you'll see photos on Twitter once you crack the code. Uh, please follow at PurpleBird616 for updates on the show. I ask questions. I try to be fun and interact with people. I've been active in a lot of Twitter spaces lately that have been super cool. We've had. Uh, artists like Patrick Zercher and we've had film directors like Sam Lewin and it's just been really cool talking to these established accomplished professionals and learning about the process it's been super fun so I hope to see any listeners in one of those spaces real wicked soon look for short box summary on any podcast service share it with friends and like I said at the top of the show please give us a rating please just share give us feedback let us know what you like let us know uh, what you don't like let us know Uh, what you wish we would do. Let us know uh, what you hope never goes away. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you. Goodbye. We're not done yet. You can't hold us down. You can't. You can't stop the signal, guys. Uh, full, full disclosure, we stopped recording, I checked my phone, I got a text message from a friend who asked a question to be answered on tonight's podcast. Um, What's the question? uh, The question is, how does Spider-Woman relate to Madam Web? Who the fuck is Madam Web? See, that's how I know you weren't cool, because you're not super up on Spider-Man, the animated series from 1994. (sighs) God damn it, Ben. <laughs> Madam Web Madam Web is a really weird character. So Madam Web is like a paralyzed, blind, severely disabled woman, but she's also a mutant with very, very powerful precognitive and clairvoyant abilities. So she is a professional medium. Is she in comics or just in the animated She series? is in comics, too. She's created, I think, back in 1980, I want to say, by, by writer Denny O'Neill. And shit, I gotta look this up because I can't remember the artist. And artists deserve so much credit. Um, where was I? Uh, Denny O'Neill and John Romita Jr. It's really funny, actually. John Romita, really, really important Spider-Man artist. And then his son, John Romita Jr., also a really, really important Spider-Man artist. I love father-son stories. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Uh, but, uh, Ben, I'm so sorry. Uh, short answer, they are not related at all. Like, as we talked about during the Spider-Woman and relating to Spider-Man question, it's just sort of coincidental. And, like, her last name is actually Webb. So that's why she's <laughs> Madam Webb. Uh, she has, like, a life support apparatus that looks like a spider web. Uh, and I think that's sort of to sell the clairvoyant like mysticism stuff but really it's just like a super intense like darth vader suit on the outside that's 
anticlimactic. Yeah, I'm sorry. We took a break. We took the dogs out. And I was like, oh, man, we got to get back into it. We got to hit the studio again. Let's just roll. Let's just keep going. New Avengers number 16, The Collective Part 1 by Brian Michael Bendis and Steve McNevian. McNevian. Um, I finished a couple beers since we stopped recording. Um, all right. Uh, while we're here, actually, let's talk about future of the show. Where are we going? Where are we at? What have we done to each other? What are we going to do? See, we just we live alone. So when you start quoting the crazy chick from Gone Girl, I don't like it. I think those are Ben's lines, actually, from Gone Girl. That's what I'm pretty sure it's both, actually. Oh, do they like harmonize? <laughs> well, doesn't she like? I think you're right. I think it starts off Ben in the beginning of the movie, but then I think she says the same things in the At middle the of the movie. No, that's like the last line of the movie. It's also the first. Okay. Isn't it? Whatever. We Great need to, movie. We need to rewatch. Should, I rewatched it the other day when you were sleeping. We should really do like a Fincher marathon. Yo. You, you know I love David Fincher. You in? Seven. Panic Room, The Game, uh, uh, Alien 3. Probably not going to watch that one. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Did you do Zodiac? Yeah, we got to do Zodiac. Got to do that. Got to do Social Network. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love David Fincher. You do love David Fincher. Um, but um, where are we going? You've got some homework to do for, for upcoming shows. Now That's great because I'm a lawyer and I have so much free time. That's great because I'm a copywriter and I generally have more free time than you. That's not sarcastic. <laughs> it's, it just sounded like it. Uh, I've been hitting up actual professional uh, comic book creators and I'm trying to get them on for some shows that I think could be super fun. So I've, I've hit up someone with relations to Captain Marvel. And I'm actually supposed to email them back in, in a week. They said that they were super swamped. And I checked their, their sub stack. And I understand why they're super swamped. And they've had a bunch of announcements. Super exciting. I want to say who it is. But I'm trying to get them on uh, to talk about like the first six issues of that Miss Marvel series that we were actually talking about this episode. Um and I just think it'd be fun to like reflect on, oh, this is where Carol was, and here's where Carol is now. Uh, I've also talked to an editor who oversaw a whole bunch of the books we've been talking about. That has just been tennis, uh, back and forth, email tennis, trying to get a hold of them. Uh, I've also reached out to uh, another uh, comic book professional who's related to um, Spider-Woman, and hot damn, do I want to have that person on, because... It's like impossible to understate how important Spider-Woman is to the, like, this era of Marvel Comics. Isn't that weird? Like a character that like hasn't had a mo like movie yet. And I feel like I know nothing about, didn't know existed until whenever I read the first New Avengers yeah. that I read. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts how important she is. Um, Can we get any ladies on the podcast? Like, I feel like comics are very male-driven. They are. They are. I've actually been talking to our mutual friend, Mary, about getting her on to talk about Jessica Jones. Mary? Mary? Uh, unless you want to host that podcast, just you and Mary. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. Mary was my friend first. I literally met her at college orientation a year before you attended that school. Okay, she was my better friend first. That's true. She was my drunker friend first. That's true. Yeah. She introduced George and I, yeah. so uh, you can all thank Mary. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I would love, if, if you're listening to this, god damn, please hit me up. We're looking for guests to be on the show. It would be so much fun. Um, do you want more books? Are you cool with just doing new Avengers? You want any, any other characters you're curious about? Um, 
I wouldn't mind some Carol Danvers. Okay. Uh, you know, I love my girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe... I don't know, like some Captain America, maybe? Okay. I know he's, like, in these, but I feel like it's not, like... About him? About him, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um... When does Thor become Lady Thor? Not until years down the road. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some other episodes I've been talking about doing with people, I've talked to two people about getting them on to cover a Wolverine series called Agent of Hydra slash Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is a 12-issue arc. It is epic as shit. So I've been talking to a very nice couple about getting them on to talk about it. I've also talked to two different people about two different Daredevil episodes. I've talked to Aaliyah about doing a Daredevil movie episode. Yo, I'm ready to go. Let's roll. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's fucking go into it. The movie was not great. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it has its <laughs> moments, but not a lot of them. Uh, I've also talked to Marty and Aaron and Kyle about getting back on to do a X-Men 2 podcast, an X2 the boys yeah boys are back in town baby but that's where we're going so if there's any stories uh, or any characters that you want to know about from this era please let us know and uh i will try to find a way to fit them in to uh the podcast otherwise i could just do like little mini episodes just breaking down their whole deal that would be fun too uh but thank you so much for listening uh, for, especially for the to this bonus segment of of podcast Thanks for coming back. You don't have to sing everything. I know, but I, I get nervous, and that's just kind of like <laughs> just, my default. Yeah, you just you Zoe Deschanel it. <laughs> no, I was thinking like the the little Dr. Pepper guy. Oh, yeah. I always want to say Little Penny, but that's that's a different commercial. So sweet. Yeah, okay. That, that one? Dude, actually, I'm like 99% sure. Remember Justin from Miami? Yeah! Episode? I think he like created that. That's crazy. Yeah, small world. Ugh. Anyways, thank you so much for listening twice really appreciate it thanks guys see you in another life brother that's my line i know okay see you next week